1 Samuel chapter number 18, and uh, we're, we're continuing our series. Today's lesson I've entitled, Dare to Be a Real Friend. Let me ask you this morning, I hope you can answer this, how many of you would say I have some real friends? All right, I'm not talking Facebook, okay, I'm talking real friends. Uh, most of us would probably admit that when it comes to real friends, now a lot of us have a lot of friends and acquaintances. I'm talking about someone that's there for you no matter what's going on in your life through thick and thin, uh, through good times and bad times. Uh, you know, when you think about real friends, the, the, the truth is you could probably count your real friends on one hand. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're not many, but aren't you glad for the ones that you have? And uh, today we're going to talk about one of those friends that David had in his life. And look what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 18, beginning in verse number 1. It, the Bible says, It came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. What a verse. And Saul took him that day and would not let him go no more home to his father's house talking about David then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul the Bible said that twice now verse 4 Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments even to his sword, and to his bow, and to his girdle. You look at this passage, and we'll look at some other things here, but again, David was fortunate, like we are, to have a real friend like Jonathan, someone that loved him as his own soul. There's a verse in the Bible that I think has always intrigued me, and I put it in your notes this morning. I wonder if you have a friend like this. The Bible says in Luke eleven five. He said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at what time? Midnight. What are you doing at midnight? Uh-huh. And the Bible says you go to him and say, friend, lend me three loaves. I mean, I know what happens when people try to wake me up at night. Ask my wife, I am a bear when you wake me out of sleep. I'm like a hibernating bear, and I do not wake up well. I, it's, it's just always, I don't mean to do that. That's just the way I wake up. So uh, just a little hint, don't ever wake up the pastor, all right? But you know, some of you are the same way in church. I try to wake you up, and you don't wake up well in church. But nonetheless, what is he saying in this verse, Luke eleven five? 5? He's saying this, that you know, a friend is someone that is a true friend, whether it's convenient or if it's not convenient. I mean, in the middle of the night, somebody comes to you and says, hey, listen, can I, can I have some food? And you say to them, sure, here, uh, here's some food. You know, I mean, listen, a real friend or real friendship is one that will, that will be there all times, even in times of adversity. A friend is one, Jonathan, when you think about this, this man, Saul's son, he was the oldest son of Saul, and because he was the king's son, that means that he was a prince. He was the next in line to be the king. 
This was Saul's son. And he was, as a result of that, he became friends with David. David was just uh, the son of an ordinary citizen. David, we know, was a shepherd. But amazingly, that David suddenly became a national hero. Remember his little incident with a giant of a man, right, by the name of Goliath? David becomes this hero in, in the days of Saul and, of course, in the days of Jonathan. And, and David, of course, we understand from the Word of God, David was anointed to be the next king. But interesting that God chose David. God didn't choose Jonathan. And you can understand how Jonathan easily could have acted towards David. Hey, listen, I'm Saul's son. I'm the prince. I should be the next one in line to be the king, not this guy. I mean, who is this, this shepherd boy that now is, has been anointed to be the king? But amazingly, God gave Jonathan a great admiration and a great love for, for David. It was a remarkable friendship. The Bible says, and I don't know if I can really fully humanly understand this, but their souls were knit together. You ever had a friend like that? You know, I've had a few friends in my life and, it, you know, I've got this one friend and a lot of times we won't see each other, talk to each other for about five or ten years. You say, well, that doesn't sound like much of a friend. You know, you just get busy sometimes in life, but it's always kind of neat whenever I do end up talking to this person or seeing this person, it's like we just pick up right where we left off. You know, your, your soul is kind of knit together. You have this commonality, this bond between each other. And the question this morning is, do we, like David, do we have any true friends like a Jonathan? The question is answered, or maybe a good verse for us, look at Proverbs 18, 24. A man that hath friends must do what? Show himself friendly. I, I get around some people and they say, I just don't have any friends. Well, I feel so sorry for you. Because according to the Bible, how do you have friends? You have to show yourself friendly. Just be friendly to people. But look at the rest of the verse. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And you know what our goal, one of our goals as a Christian is? One of our goals as a Christian, and honestly, it is, should be the number one goal in our lives, is to be like Jesus. There's a friend, Jesus is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Aren't you glad Jesus is with us no matter what we do? He loves us. Listen, he loved us while we were yet sinners, right? That's what the Bible says. So when I think about this matter of, of the Christian life, and Jesus, and the way he was, the Bible says this about our Lord, that they said the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, that means a drinker of wine. But notice, the Bible describes him as a friend of publicans and sinners. Did you hear that this morning? Do you know somebody might walk through the doors of the church house today that has real problems? And you know what you're supposed to be? A friend. But they don't look like I do. Doesn't matter. Look in the mirror. You're, you're just as much of a sinner as they are. The only difference may be that you've been saved by the grace of God. See, Jesus loved everyone. 
Jesus was a friend to everyone. Folks, we have to see in our lives that God wants us to dare to be a friend. We need to ask ourselves, not, not listen, do we have any friends? Ask yourself the, this question this morning. What kind of friend am I being to others? I want to be a friend to people. I want to, I want to try to help people the way Jonathan helped David. Walter Winchell said, a real friend is one who walks in when the rest of the world walks out. Let's be a real friend. So from Jonathan's life today, three simple lessons we can learn that will help us to be a friend like Jonathan was to David. Notice the first part of Jonathan's friendship began with his generosity. His generosity. Listen, we have to be people that are friends that delight in giving to others. That's what Jonathan did. We just read it right there in 1 Samuel chapter 18. That Listen, there were things that Jonathan could do for David, no doubt, because Jonathan was the son of a king. Jonathan, you know, he probably enjoyed the finer things of life. He probably had a little bit more. David, listen, David was a shepherd boy. I mean, he wasn't poor, but he certainly lived a, probably a more meager existence of life than maybe Jonathan did as the son of the king. Would you agree with that or not? See, there's a lot that Jonathan could have done for David, but listen, what could David do for Jonathan? Not much. There really wasn't a whole lot that Jonathan could do for him. See, for Jonathan, friendship was all about what he could give and not what he could get. See, that's not what a real friend is all about, is what can I get out of this relationship? It's what can I give? Jonathan gave David. Look at what it mentions here. We, we just read some things that Jonathan gave to David that were near and dear to him. He gave David his robe. That was, that was a royal robe. It was a robe meant for a priest, for a king. And Jonathan, listen, Jonathan took off that, that royal robe and he gave it to David. Yeah, probably purple, you know. But here's the thing is, he didn't stop there, did he? Because the Bible then says he gave something that was very personal to him. Listen, you have to understand, this was a time of war. And there were certain things that, especially men, held dear. And that was the weapons that they would use when they would battle. And the Bible mentions that he gave David his sword and his bow. And he gave those to this friend of his. And then it's interesting, we have to kind of look at the Bible a little bit and maybe, maybe do a little bit of reading, but it gave David his girdle. Now, the word girdle is not what you're th probably thinking of in our American economy. The word, because we all know that David didn't wear one of those because he was a man's man. But here's the thing is, what it was, is it was a, a piece of, of uh, material, cloth, that they would tie around the waist. Oftentimes it was used to hold things. Sometimes if the robe, the garments that the men wore, they would, they would tuck it into that. It was meant maybe to hold a scabbard or, or something of the day, maybe when they would go out to fight. But listen, all of those things that Jonathan gave to David, they signified the family that that, that person belonged to. Do you understand that by Jonathan giving those things to David, they were Jonathan's, who was the son of Saul, who was the king. So now David has these things, and really, in a sense, by having these things, it signified that he was a part of the family. 
I remember when I was younger and I was growing up, God didn't give me any brothers. He chose to give me sisters. And I, I really, you know, for many years of my life, I never had a brother, never had, you know, a brother around the house to fight with and, you know, do all these things that brothers do. And, uh, and then God gave me a dear friend when I was in uh, high school. I met this, this, this guy. His name is Doug. And, uh, and, and Doug and I met, and we kind of hit it off. And it was kind of neat because after we got to know each other a little bit, we come to realize that Doug's mom whose name is Cleo, and my mom, whose name was Mary Lou, were best friends in high school. And God just kind of brought me and Doug together, and we got to be really good friends. And so I started going over to Doug's house, and I became an adopted brother to Doug and his three brothers. See, Doug had three brothers, I had three sisters. So I would go over to Doug's house all the time, and Cleo became my adopted mother. So I got a little taste of what it was like to be a brother, to have brothers, and uh, there was a lot of things that happened in that house that I cannot say uh, here in, in church, but uh, some interesting things happened. We had a great time, but listen, it was a great time for us to get together and develop that friendship. Uh, I remember when I went home for my father's a funeral service, and I was standing there, and, and I, into the funeral home and through the line, I looked over and I saw Doug. There he come. Walked over and he put his arms around me. He, he told me, he says, I loved your dad. You know, and we talked, we hugged as real friends. And when I think about that, I think about Jonathan here, how Jonathan, what he was saying by giving these things to David was, he's saying, look, there is nothing too good for my friend. He says, listen, he says, I'm going to give him my clothes. He can have my sword and my bow. He says, he can have my girdle. He says, listen, there is nothing that I would not give. You know why? Because he's my friend. And that made me think as I was studying this lesson about Jesus. There's nothing that Jesus would not do for us. When I think about that, look at this. Isaiah said it in Isaiah 53. Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. When I think about how Paul wrote to those in the church in Philippi, and he in the New Testament kind of backed up what, he, what Isaiah the prophet said, where he said, let this mind be in you. What kind of mind? The mind of a friend. Someone that says, listen, there's nothing too good. I mean, I, I would give anything for these people because I love them. Let that mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What was that mind that the Lord had? Here it is. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. 
he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Aren't you glad for Jesus, your friend today? When I think about a, a true friend, I think of Jesus because a true friend will see the need in a person's life and they will do whatever they can to meet that need. That's what a true friend is. Jesus knew that our need was a savior. And guess what? Jesus met that need. Now, certainly, I, I, I can't meet certain needs, but listen, I, if I see that need, I want to do whatever I can to try to help that person. I love what somebody said. They said that this true friendship says, your problem is my problem. Your need is my need. Your sorrow is my sorrow. That's a friend. See, when I think about Jonathan, I think about how Jonathan was generous to David as a friend because he gave his resources. But notice, secondly, he gave David his time. Now, time's a precious commodity. Look what it says in 1 Samuel 19. Saul spake unto Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning and abide in a secret place and hide thyself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art, and I will commune with my father of thee. And I will see what that I will, uh, he says, and what I see that I will tell thee. Now, a lot of, a lot of friends, I've known people and I've tried to be this way myself. Listen, it's a wonderful thing. Sometimes we do give of our resources to our friends. And a lot of people do that for their friends. They might give some token to their friends, something that means something to them. But listen, many of those that will give of their resources, a lot of times it's something totally different to give them some of our time. See, a true friend will give of their time. Jonathan was willing in his life. I mean, I don't know what kind of schedule that Jonathan kept, but I'm sure that as the son of a king, that he had some sort of schedule. And just like all of us in this auditorium this morning, he probably had his own personal interest. But you know what Jonathan did? He laid aside his schedule, what he had on his plate. He laid aside even his own personal interest to give some time to his friend, to help a friend in need. You know, when I look at Jesus, and I look at his disciples, how many of you think Jesus was a friend to the disciples? Yeah, I think he's our friend today. We're followers of Christ. You know, if you look in the Word of God, unless I missed it, I don't ever really see where the Bible records that Jesus gave his disciples money. Can you think of anything, Brother Flynn? I, I just can't. Now, I mean, maybe when he told Peter to go down and get the fish, you know. But outside of that, maybe, I, I don't really see where Jesus took out his wallet and, and began to you know, give out shekels to his disciples. But you know what he did give to them? He gave them his time. Think about how many, how many countless hours Jesus spent with his disciples. You know, there, there have been times, and I've tried to help other people with this, and I hope you understand these statements, that ministry, doing the Lord's work, is not a, 
an eight to five or a nine to five job. You know, sometimes it's just not convenient. Somebody goes into the hospital at four o'clock in the morning. Somebody might be sitting at their kitchen table, true story, with a revolver on the table, thinking about taking their life at one o'clock in the morning. And they need a friend. Now, when I say doing ministry, can I tell you I'm not talking about me as the pastor, I'm talking about a Christian being a Christian. I'm talking about a friend being a friend. See, being a real friend not only means be willing to give of our resources, but it also means that we're willing to give of our time. Remember, which of you have a friend that will go to them at midnight? See, sometimes it's not convenient But how many of you would like it if you had a friend that came to you during one of those times, right? See, what we need to say is, I want to be that friend to someone. I want to be like Jonathan that's willing to give of my time. I want to be like Jesus. Jesus spent his time teaching his disciples and healing the sick and, and mentoring them and teaching them. How about this? He spent his time washing their feet. You know, their disgusting feet. A lot of times we think about this matter of, you know, listen, I don't know. Look, we could be like David. Maybe we think to ourselves in our minds, you know, Jonathan, remember I said he was the son of a king. Jonathan had the resources. Jonathan could give to David. But remember what I said about David? David didn't have much that could could give to Jonathan. And you might be here today and you might say, well, listen, I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of resources. I don't have much that I could give to somebody. Can I tell you there is something that you do have that you can give? And it's your time. You can give some of your time to to show how much you love them and how much you mean to them and they mean to you. This friendship that Jonathan had for David, it all began with Jonathan's generosity. Jonathan gave his friend some of his resources. Secondly, he gave him some of his time. Look at third, Jonathan gave his influence. Now you might be thinking this morning, I don't know what kind of influence I have in the life of other people. You might be surprised. See, I think all of us have, God's given us influence with maybe family members or friends or maybe coworkers. You know, I was talking to one of our men yesterday and we were talking about some situations that he's going through. And I I was sharing the very same thing with him that God may be giving you an opportunity to be an influence. Look, you have to understand, how many of you work a job? Raise your hand, okay? Those of you with your hand up, think about this. I believe with all my heart that God gives us the health to work that job and God gives us the favor to work that job and favor with that boss. Would you agree with that? Now watch this. How many of you think providentially God gave you that job? And as a result of that, watch this. If God puts you there, I realize you're there to do whatever your job is, whatever your job description is. But remember, first and foremost, you're a child of the king. Now listen, don't get me wrong. Don't rob from your boss. You need to give 110% while you're at work. You need to be the best employee your, your boss has 
but you can use your influence while you're there. You can, listen, you know, when people are sitting around telling dirty jokes at lunch, you don't have to participate. When they have the office Christmas party and everybody is, is drinking and doing things, you don't have to participate. And you might be thinking, well, what will they say? What will they think about me? Listen, that's the whole point. There's something different about her. Why isn't she doing what everybody else is doing? It's called influence, folks. And guess what? Jonathan, who was the son of a king, had influence with his daddy. Listen, how many of you today know Christ as your Savior? Then who's your father? God. Do you think you might have some influence with your father for other people? Yeah. You know what Jesus is? There's one mediator between God and man, and who is it? Jesus. And guess what you can do? You can go to Jesus for your family member, for your friend, for your co-worker. Are you with me this morning? Listen, we're talking about being a friend this morning. This is important because Jonathan gave his influence. Look what it says here in 1 Samuel 19. Here's, here's how he used his influence. Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father. I mean, he, he's, he's talking to Saul. Saul has an issue with David, but what does Jonathan do? He's, he's being a real friend to his, his friend. He's talking to his dad. He says, listen, he's a good guy. It's not what you think, dad. He says, let not the king sin against his servant against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to thee word very good. For he did put his life in his hand, and slew the Philistine, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest it, and didst rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? And Saul hearkened unto the voice. Notice the influence there. Saul listened to his son, who was being a friend of David. And the Bible says, Saul swear and says, as Lord liveth, he will not be slain. And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan showed him all those things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence at as in times past. In other words, Jonathan spoke on behalf of his friend. You know, sometimes that's what you need to do, is speak up for someone. Be a friend to them. Speak up on behalf... I had one incident when I was in Bible college, and there was a teacher that didn't really understand something. And, and by the way, I wasn't being disrespectful. I just knew about a young man that was one of my fellow students. Now, he was 11 years younger than I was, but I knew this young man. I knew about some things in his life, and the teacher was going off on him. And, and listen, I, I, it was all I could do to not be disrespectful to this teacher. But I finally had to say something. I spoke up on behalf of my friend. That's what Jonathan did. That's what we need to do. Jonathan, what did he do? He warned David about that his father was plotting to kill him, that he was going to take his life. And so listen, Jonathan had a plan for his friend. Jonathan, again, could have been the next king, but he set all that aside. Why? For his friend. See, it all began with generosity. Are you being generous to your friend today? Jonathan was. Notice the second characteristic about his friendship was not only his generosity, but his consistency. Shakespeare wrote one time, and by the way, don't get the false idea here. I'm not a fan of Shakespeare, but I like the quote. 
consistency, he says, thou art a jewel. You know what we need to be in our Christian life? Consistent. There, there ought to be a consistency in our lives as a Christian. And Jonathan consistently chose to be a friend to David. It didn't matter what the danger was, didn't matter what the, the circumstances, even if it was something that might affect Jonathan's own life, Jonathan was consistently a friend. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Did you see the first part of that verse? A friend loveth how often? At all times. But pastor, you don't understand what she did. You don't understand what he did. No, no, no. The Bible says a friend loveth at all times. How many of you think Jesus loves you all the time? Yeah. You know what? We need, we need the same kind of love that he has for us. We need that agape love, that unconditional love. You know, we were talking yesterday, we were talking about different words for the word love, because in our English language, we just use the word love. But in, in the Bible, there's phileo love, a brotherly love, and there is an agape love, which is a God-type, unconditional love. See, a lot of times we love like brothers. We fight, we don't get along, but what we need to be is a friend that loveth at all times. See, I, I see the consistency in Jonathan's life. Notice he was a friend in good circumstances. Jonathan could have easily been jealous of David, but he wasn't. And look at the Bible says in the book of Romans, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that do weep. You know what Jonathan was doing? He was rejoicing in the blessings of God on David's life. You know what we do? We see somebody with a new car, new job, new house. And we're like, huh, did you see his car? Do you see the house he just bought? Sounds like the green-eyed monster of envy, right? Jealousy. You know what Jonathan was? He was a friend. He was happy for David. He rejoiced with David in the blessings of God on his life. And so notice a friend is consistent. He is a friend in good circumstances. But notice, how about this? Jonathan was a friend in bad circumstances. Look, not only in the good, but also in the bad. Jonathan supported David. He warned David about Saul's attack on his life. Look what it says here in 1 Samuel 20 and verse 4. Then said Jonathan unto David, Whatsoever thou, thy soul desirest, I will even do it for thee. I mean, during the darkest hour of David's life, Jonathan told David, listen, here's what he told him. You can count on me. What a great thing to say to someone. I just want you to know that you can count on me. I'll be there for you. That's what a friend does. True friendships Friends get involved, even during some of the hardest times, the, the bad times. The Bible says, Jonathan, Saul's son, arose, and he went to David into the wood, and he strengthened his hand in God. This a it was a hard time for David. We use this verse a lot of times for men, but can I tell you, it's good for all of us. Iron sharpeneth iron. Look at the rest of the verse. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. That's what De Jonathan was doing for David. 
David was down. Saul, hey, listen, you'd be down too if somebody was trying to kill you. You know? David was struggling. His spirit, his countenance had fallen. And, and listen, Jonathan was sharpening him. He wanted God's best for David. Hey, listen, when I stand as a pastor or you have a, a brother or a sister in Christ that says to you, hey, listen, hope I see you at church or how's your Bible reading or how's it going in your life? You know what they're being? They're being a friend to you. Look, they're following what the Bible says in Hebrews 10. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, that's why a lot of times I'll say to somebody, hey, listen, I hope I see you in church. You know why? Because I'm trying to exhort you. I'm trying to encourage you. I realize it might be a difficult time in your life. This might be some bad circumstances, but as a friend, this is what's best for you is is to be around the, the things of God, in the house of God, around the Word of God, around other people who will be friends to you, sharpen you. Listen, Jonathan had a generosity for his friend. Jonathan had a consistency in good times and bad. But notice the third thing I see is I see Jonathan's support. Again, the Bible says that Saul was going to take uh, David's life or had attempted to take his life. And how Jonathan made this covenant with David. And, and the Bible says that David abode in the wood and Jonathan went to his house. And, and you know, when, when we think about this, a lot of times, oftentimes when we try to encourage somebody, if we're going to say something, our words sometimes do encourage. But you know what will encourage them even more than just our words? When we actually do something. When we actually will do something. Look what James said. He said it this way. If a, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and any of you, notice this, say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. By the way, when I read that, you know who I think of? The disciples. Remember what the disciples said? Lord, send these people away before they faint in the way. Remember what Jesus did? Have them sit down. Remember what Philip said? Well, 200 penny worth, what's that among so many? Where's their faith? Where's their friendship? They knew these people had a need. Remember what Jesus did? He took a little lunch. He blessed it, broke it, and he fed the multitudes. Boy, those disciples learned a lesson that day, didn't they? See, it's, watch this. It's one thing to say something as a friend. It's another to do something. Can you imagine how much more Jesus was endeared to those people that got fed that day instead of him sending them away hungry? Imagine what it did to the disciples. Look back what James says. He says, any of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so... Faith, if it hath not what? Works. He says, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. God says, listen, if you want to be a friend, why don't you do something for someone? That's what a real friend does. See, a real friend like Jonathan supports. How did Jonathan support David? 
two ways. Look at this. First of all, he reached out to David. David was hiding in the wilderness of Ziph. He was hiding for his life. What did Jonathan do? He put forth the effort for his friend. He reached out to him. He searched him out. He went to him. Look, when we find someone is hurting, you know what we need to do? The exact same thing Jonathan did. We need to search them out. We need to help them during that time. We need to find them, and and we need to do all of this without uh, waiting for someone to ask us to do it. Jesus did the same thing. Remember the day that He was with his disciples, and they were going on their merry way, and Jesus said this. He says, I must needs go through Samaria. Remember what his disciples, they're like, well, we're going in town to get something to eat. Anybody remember why he wanted to go through Samaria? Because there was one woman that needed him to spend some time and be a friend to. What a great lesson for all of us is to reach out. Jesus knew that this woman had a need, and listen, he knew he was the only one that could fulfill that. Now certainly, listen, we are not God. I personally can't fulfill a need in a person's life, but what I can do is I can be a friend to them and help them to understand that whatever they need in their life, that God is sufficient, that God can help them with whatever that need is. So Jonathan supported David. He reached out to him And that's what real friends do. And then notice, secondly, that Jonathan not only reached out to David, but he lifted him up. He strengthened his hand in God. Jonathan didn't just console David. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with consoling someone. But you know what he did? He strengthened him. I've always been glad for people that come along and help me, strengthen me when I'm going through a difficult time. So here's the lesson. If we are, and and if you're saved this morning, you're a a part of the body of Christ. And as members of the body of Christ, God wants us to be friends to others. How do we do that? By, By being generous, by being consistent, and by supporting those around us. That's what Jonathan did. And if we're willing to do that, guess what? We're on our way to being a real friend. Many of you raised your hand this morning and said, I'm thankful for the real friends that I have. I wonder if there's someone out there today that if I asked them that question, that they would raise their hand because they think of you and they think of me. Let's be a friend like Jesus is. Lord bless you. We'll get started here in about 10, 15 minutes.